0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben from the Lean Blog, and this is episode number 16 of the Lean Blog Podcast for January 14th, 2007. My guest today is Jim Boran, the owner of a recruiting firm, Value Stream Leadership. They focus especially in lean and Toyota production system um, background people, getting them placed um, into firms. Uh, I've known Jim for a couple of years now, and I think one of the things that stands out about him as a recruiter is that he does have um, previous firsthand experience um, working with Lean, and he brings that to uh, the, the job and the business he runs today. If you are on the job market or, or thinking about getting out there on the market and you'd like to contact Jim or his firm, um, there are links to his website, uh, at leanpodcast.org or you can go there directly by visiting valuestreamleadership.com. Our guest today again is Jim Brand. Jim, it's a pleasure to have you here.
1: A pleasure to be here. Mark, thanks for the invitation.
0: Sure. Um, we're going to talk a lot today about, um, the, the lean world from the standpoint of job searches and, um, Employee retention, uh, things that are part of uh, the, the recruiter world, um, to help set the stage for that. Jim, could you tell us uh, about your background and, and your firm and your experience with Lean?
1: Sure, and I, I think that's important. I guess first to, to, to maybe understand where where I sit and, and our firm sits within the uh, the Lean talent food chain. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I own Value Stream Leadership, we're a uh, retained executive search firm that's uh, specialized in recruiting Lean transformation conversion talent, uh, you know, previous to, to, to my business. We've been going strong here since 1995, so a little over 11 years and in, in, in specifically specialized in, in the lean world. Prior to that, I was a, uh, an HR uh, executive at Volkswagen of America, and then I moved over for real briefly to a HR director role at a, a Tier 1 automotive company mm-hmm. and uh, and then joined this base, you know, again, about 11 years ago. And uh, so our first lean talent placement was in in 1995. The last placement we made was today. Uh, (laughs) The candidate we placed today was uh, when we first approached uh, that person. Um, Probably about a month ago, wasn't even thinking of making a career move. So our world changes daily, and uh, Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, we... We we our businesses thrive. So I think, you know, some of the things that hopefully we can chat about today is the health of the lean uh, talent market and, uh, you know, maybe how to navigate around that a little bit better.
0: Sure. Um. One, one question about the firm. Can you explain briefly what what it means to be a retained search firm?
1: Sure. And I think that was one of my points in, in regards to, you know, candidates that are seeking opportunities to kind of research that a little bit. But a retained firm means that we're uh, essentially, exclusively engage uh, at a client. They commit a uh, uh, sum of money up front uh, to identify talent. Uh, we meet each client, um, and it's kind of, you know, our philosophy here is, is basically Genchi, Genbutsu, basically go see, ask why, and uh, evaluate the opportunity, and, uh, and and then put together... Um, you know, a, a deep profile and in, in the talent that we're looking for. And then we, um, we, we get back and, and obviously make, uh, make some, uh, you know, do the research and, and identify some, some talent matches within our, our, uh, our lean community network, which is probably over about 10,000 mm-hmm. people since, uh, we've grown that since 95. But the, uh, contingent firm is the other end of the business and, and essentially, um, you know my comments on 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 the contingent folks is that they're uh, you know they're they're basically the best example analogy i could use is you know when a, a car uh, drives off into the water uh, a bunch of scuba divers are, are are engaged in you know the first one to put a hook to the axle and and get you know get the car out is essentially what a contingent firm does but yeah. you know our our relationships are are a little bit more um uh, More committed than than what would normally be in a traditional contingent or what we call the mainstream uh, recruiting firms. So, and our our specialty again is 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 lean. So. In our world, um, I think another important point is, is just the brushstroke is, you know, we define Lean as, as Toyota Way leadership, including both the Toyota production system and the Toyota product development system. Mm. Uh, we, we, we view Six Sigma as a tool, but certainly not as as the operating system that we work within. So um, as I mentioned before, since, uh, since we've been in this business, uh, we've kind of reached out and developed, uh, you know, well over 10,000 Lean community contacts, and that covers probably pretty broadly about 30 industries,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and right now on four continents. So it's, it's pretty wide.
0: Great. So this is a real kind of broad question, but if you can generalize, how is the market for lean talent, people with um, a lot of deep lean experience, and do, do you see different trends based on um, different levels um, within the organization?
1: Sure. You know, the market, you know, based on what I see daily, Mark, the, the, the market for distinctive, and I've got to amplify that word, distinctive lean transformation talent is, is extremely healthy and, and continues to grow. And when you consider that, you know, as a search firm that specializes exclusively in the, the, the lean space or the Way space, you know, we, we turn down more searches than we accept. So our, our, our pipeline always stays full. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I'm a strong advocate for the fact that there's just a lot of opportunity out there um, it may not be the best opportunities in the world, but you know there are people that'll fit uh, just about uh, everything that's out there. But you know, as far as the opportunities that we take on, again, on, on a retained basis, you know, I, I, I find the market to be, you know, extremely healthy. I think you know when you take a look at you know what has has happened, um, and I think just to kind of digress here a little bit, when, when we started recruiting. <laughs> lean talent in in 1995, I mean, Mm -hmm. companies were hiring, basically my experience where companies were hiring forklift operators out of Toyota and giving them 50% salary increases because they somehow thought that, you know, those kind of people knew the secrets to to, to Toyota's success. But, you know, soon after that, that that gold rush ended really soon. And uh, But from now, or from then to now, I mean, we've seen some dramatic changes in, in a business climate in the business performance, and, and I guess most important, the advancement of, of the lean thought leadership that's been out there since the machine that changed the world, you know, was published in the 1990s. I mean, that was the only uh, knowledge resource that I had when I first started. And uh, But since then, I mean, I've, I've gained some traction and, and really have gone out and met a lot of probably hundreds of what I consider to be my, my senseis out there that, uh, that I've, I've learned you know, as everybody else has done by by doing so. Sure. Um, you know, it's interesting because I just read a uh, you know a, a, an email comment from uh, Jim womack and res- was referring to the the last fifteen years as as being in the lean world, the tool age mm-hmm. of lean, and and, right. and and pretty much that's been an accurate assessment of what we've. Uh, taken on from clients, but, you know, in the last five years, that's, uh, that's changed, um, considerably, uh, to where, you know, emphasis has been more on, you know, cultural transformations and cultural leadership. And so I think the whole leadership end of it has evolved from more of the tools than into the, uh, the cultural aspects of, yeah. of the change management.
0: Now, you, you mentioned someone being a, a distinctive candidate. I mean, what, what's the balance, um, in looking at someone uh, maybe individual um, or, or localized lean accomplishments that that they may have versus being part of a company that is recognized as as being a lean leader or having a lean culture is it is it possible to to be distinctive still if if you've done a lot of lean work in a company that maybe you know overall um, is isn't really on the path to being a lean culture
1: yeah you know I think that that's still valid, and I think um, probably in, in in smaller companies um, that that's very valid um, mm. as far as you know what it takes to to begin a lean journey. But I think if you really look at it from you know, and just when we were um, talking about this, um, you know, previously, uh, you know, there's there's really five profiles I I would say that are very active within. And again, our world mm-hmm. that clients come to us and, and they ask. And I think the first uh, profile, when again distinctive, um, would lean to very lean savvy frontline operations leaders that have strong what we consider knowledge lineage. That kind of zeroes in and, and goes back mm-hmm. to you know uh, somebody from uh, you know a sensei either at a at a toeda or a uh, uh lineage. That has global experience and basically has, uh, has has developed a solid track record of, of both uh, change management success systemically and, and culturally. So, and I, and I have to put the emphasis on the systemically because again, the point-and-shoot approach mm-hmm. or just the tools-driven approach, you know, has, has seemed to really kind of wane. I mean, clients yeah. are really coming to us because they're they're building systems and they're expanding systems. And so, you know, in our world. Those frontline, those lean sanity frontline operation leaders are still the probably the most highly placeable folks, and have uh, really kind of opened up the door on multiple industries. So, but sure. that's also providing that they're flexible on on relocation and, and travel. You know, the second profile, which I think is you know kind of evident of the of the growth mm-hmm. and expansion, is uh, lean product development talent. With experience implementing let's say set based design and, and then Toyota's chief engineering model, I mean mm-hmm. we've probably been in this space now heavily for the past uh, probably six seven months and uh, and then previously have, have taken on a few of those roles and the the market's pretty slim um, because of the maturation of some of the the lean journeys haven't really gotten into the uh, the Toyota product development system as much mm-hmm. as they mm-hmm. have in the toyota. Production system. Sure. The uh, third profile would be, you know, as companies have matured their lean journeys beyond production, um, they've created a, a very healthy market for for, lab, for for folks that are savvy, you know, system thinkers to lead lean initiatives, you know, wider, deeper into a culture mm-hmm. uh, transactionally across the value chain. So transactionally to us means that this person, either in the you know product development. Phase the 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 functional area supply chain um, the um, you know customer service sales and marketing information technology finance accounting you know is all seeing some we're starting to see you know uh, more and more growth in that area in fact I've got several searches now for transactional uh, transactional talent. Um, Mm Now, the fourth, which I think is, is really, really active, and probably has been for the last three years, but uh, is really gaining some traction, is the, the service industry. You know, it, it's going to look at and continue to be a very high growth uh, consumer of lean talent. You know, and, and again, as lean journeys, you know, in the service sector continue to gain traction, many of our, you know, the service clients that have come to us, you know, are, are seeking folks now with service industry experience, lean transformation, conversion. But you know, it's still a healthy market for, let's say, a traditionally manufacturing pro uh, with transactional experience beyond production to kind of enter into that that market space.
0: Sure. And when you're talking about services, um, does that include healthcare, banking? What what types of different industries? Yeah, I would
1: say predominantly um, banking, uh, the healthcare, uh, financial services, insurance, retail. Those are probably one of the, and then in some of the um, Outbound, you know, customer service organizations through credit card companies, but we kind of lumped that into the, you know, the financial yeah. services type of firms. So those are really the the, the dominant customers that we, that have come to us in, in those particular spaces. And I I've worked in each one of those particular categories. Retail tends to be lagging a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but again, I think in, in some large retail organizations, uh, they've certainly um, have had. Let's say uh, Six Sigma and utilize Six Sigma, you know, extensively. Sure. But if you know, so I'm now discovering that maybe that doesn't handle some of the cultural issues that need to be addressed, and and really are trying to expand and and uh, and regroup and uh, explore the uh, Toyota Way uh, uh, journey as well. So mm-hmm. and and so some of those retail customers that we have or clients. Uh, are looking at actually kind of a, a blended Lean Sigma type of approach.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: And that's what and, we're looking
0: for. And, and I imagine some of them being influenced by the Lean Solutions book from uh, Will Mack and Jones. It's been out about, lean, about a year now. And and lean, and
1: lean Consumption and certainly. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's and, and every one of those, uh, you know, again, I mentioned the, the advancement in, in Lean Knowledge Thought Leadership has, you know, since the 90s has just grown and, and really geometrically has created opportunities all over the place. And uh, so that, I mean, that to me is is, is very exciting and, uh, and exciting back from the old days when it was just pretty much perfunctory, uh, pretty much tools-driven. Now, you know, distinction kind of includes um, not only the kind of the, the lean promotion mm-hmm. and sales ability internally, you know, impacting culture and, um, you know, starting to realize that, you know, it, it's it's really lean is about people. Sure. And, uh, you know, strong leaders in embracing and, uh, being able to, to impact mindsets. And, and those are the things that are, are, are standout qualities now. Whereas before, it was pretty much a, a tools driven kind of a business. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, expanded our knowledge as well. And, uh, you know, it constantly changes. And, uh, but we're, you know, I'm always surprised when, when a, when a, a new business comes to us whatever the size and, and some of their expectations. And, and we get deep into, you know, to try to realize, you know, what, what the expectations actually are because then that can set up for failure down the road. Yeah. But, you know, the the last profile that I think is is, is certainly still valid, and uh, but it's really, you know, a person has got to look at it from a relocation and travel perspective um, but the replacement opportunities for existing or maturing lean journeys is, is, is still is still good. Yeah. I mean, so I, I look at all those different profiles, and before where there was one profile, I mean, you've got several now, and it really just kind of
0: reflects, mm-hmm.
1: you know, some of the energy that's uh, that's happening out there.
0: Well, okay. Um, you talked about leadership. Um, you know, from front line lean supervisors, but, you know, looking higher up in the organization. We talk a lot here in the podcast and the blog about the importance of senior leadership, um, as, as our friend Jamie boss says, you know, not just being behind lean, but being out in front and leading it. Um, do, do you see any trends looking at um, recruitment for executive-level positions where, you know, Lean is, is becoming um, more important, not to be you know the, the functional lean driver, but of incorporating lean into um, their their more general executive roles.
1: Uh, yes, you know nowadays the the way I see what, what you know as far as the positions opening at, at a variety of different organizational lo- or levels, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's nowadays the most marketable candidates really have both the, the lean expertise, lean savvy. You know, they don't have to be specialists, um, but they they've got kind of to have impacted and they've kind of had led you know the journey in, in in a variety of different aspects and and touched the culture. But they also have business transformation leadership, turnaround experience, P and L leadership. You know, combined with uh, you know cross functional, where they're not just grown up, let's say, through a traditional operations career path. Mm-hmm. Maybe they they've moved on into other areas and carried that message of lean. And have grown it organically in, inside of a company in another functional area. So we, we're kind of looking at you know cross-functional expertise um, and understanding you know and have they carried the message forward to, to us? You know that has become probably the, the forerunner to let's say the traditional lean specialist or guru right. that now has a little bit more broader functional real-time, uh, real-world uh, business leadership background as well. And, and and you know that's still a rare find, you know. Is um, you know another point to let's say, you know, companies looking for lean expertise at senior levels and and, and maybe the the traditional lean specialist roles is that you know not all operating systems at, at companies are created equal. So you know expertise, you know, say in a marginal tools driven system, and, and there's still quite a few out there. Um, you know, is in no way going to equal the expertise. Required to, to, to sustain a mature, successful operating system. So, Mm -hmm. if you look at, you know, the opportunity in in a broader development sense, let's say for the individual, you know, I always, you know, I I try to put my career counseling hat on and say, you know, let's, let's not be so concerned about level and and title on a business card. You know, let's look at, you know, what, development needs and and broadening and and see what's really needed in in your background to carry you forward and in some cases that may you know mean taking a step backward but you you know let's say in a traditional uh, sense where somebody has had a long career path and and has grown in a a company and somehow that's kind of coming to a screeching halt then you know it's probably a good time and a refreshing time to maybe look at a different industry but be realistic about you know levels and and job titles and those types of things, and concentrate more on what what the broadening um, advantages are, if in fact the compensation levels are are you know within the, you know the range of uh, what's doable too. So, sure. um, but in a, in another aspect, I, I you know <laughs> I, we look at uh, a real simple um, example would be you know uh, um, overall equipment effectiveness OEE combined mm-hmm. into a, a, a Toyota. Um, uh, you know, TPM or a Toyota productive maintenance, um, you know, initiative. You know, but, you know, Mark, about 50% of the folks I speak with, you know, on the operations side of lean in a, in a traditional manufacturing a setting only have really surface understanding of the nuances of, uh, you know, really TPM and OEE and how that plays into the larger picture. Mm-hmm. And and when you really kind of look at it, and the way I look at it is TPM is really a core element of, of TPS, and, and but that's missed a lot. And so, you know, and maybe the reason is because it's not as sexy as the low-hanging fruit and it takes a lot longer to harvest, but, uh, you know, there's there <laughs> seems to be some gaps there as well. But, you know, essentially we look for business transformation leaders um, that bring forward uh, again, that deep, lean knowledge lineage. I mean, I, I want some lineage and back to somebody who knew somebody that taught me something, and uh, that was significant. But that have you know carried that message forward and have driven change again on that systemic and cultural level, and then have really had a. a, a it could be in small, or it could be in in one large or two large. Arenas, but had a track record of leading and achieving the, and sustaining the results and, right. and we always go back to okay that low hanging fruit and you know I reduced inventory or i I did this and that by you know this percent, but you know how long did that stay stick to the wall mm-hmm. so but I, you know without a doubt when you, when a person has uh, really immersed themselves into the into the lean journey at a company there's still a, a very strong market uh, but it's it's becoming more defined and You know, there's got to be a level of distinction that kind of rises out that maybe isn't uh, you know what I call mainstream now. So, and and we're out of the mainstream, and we're kind of like in a very very niche market. But that's really cross, you know, across a variety of different industries. So, um, but you know, I was also gonna, I guess, just say that we've. I've spoken to many lean folks that, you know, can really provide a laundry list of all these detailed accomplishments for identifying waste
0: mm-hmm.
1: and reducing cost. but I think really significant now probably in the last couple of years more so than what it used to be is that when I ask about opportunities that folks have identified to increase revenue, they stumble, mm. you know, because I look at really... And the way I kinda you know assess, you know, talent given a, a specific opportunity and believe me I you know got you know fifteen different opportunities sitting here and every one requires a different profile and a skill set. Mm-hmm. But when I look at it in a general sense I'd say that a, a real high value lean transformation leader is, is someone that understands uh lean in two buckets. One is cost, the other the other is revenue. Sure. And I think often there's too much emphasis placed on identifying waste and costs, and that's significant, but very little effort spent on creating, you know, a breakthrough idea Mm -hmm. or or growing a business revenue.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not really too surprising um, from from my perspective because it seems like that just mirrors the the, the general trend of of how you hear companies um, focusing on um, what they're trying to improve with lean. It seems like you hear more often than not that cost reduction focus, than, than you do you talk about um, improving service or um, reducing cycle times and, and improving quality and things that are going to allow you to expand into new markets, you know, with people and space that you've freed up during the cost-cutting efforts, right? Well, exactly,
1: and very simply, you know, if I, I'm speaking to somebody that's, you know, saying, hey, I've reduced floor space by X percent, and just throwing that out as a kind of a, a very common example, but – you know, then, you know, I follow that up with, you know, okay, what's your plan to bring in product or service in that space that might generate revenue? And then it's like, well, no, we just freed up a lot of space. Well, you know what happens to empty space after a certain yeah. amount of time, and it's kind of like my living room, I guess. Um, yeah,
0: but, feels, you know, yeah.
1: Toyota, it's really interesting, and I and I talk to a lot of folks currently at Toyota and formerly at Toyota and, um there's a certain mystique there, but I think you know Toyota in general enjoys the luxury of just doing the right things repetitively, and and you know revenue is automatic and growth and and that type of thing. But you know other companies, you know, I got to play catch up, and they're not so fortunate, you know, in, in that regard. So they've got to look for those kind of opportunities to you know, again, waste is is very important, and that's a significant cost issue. But what well, hey, there's you know, I mean the momentum forward of lean, you know, is, is what I'm starting to see and, and talking to some people and, and, and looking at some very, very creative ways and, and, and adding revenue to the to the bottom line. So, you know, I, I always look at that as, and again, that's a level of distinction that I mentioned before. It's just, you know, it's something out there that's not mainstream and it's, uh, you know, but it, it just gives you the idea of a, a very good um, hands-on and passionate, you know, lean Champion. That's and, and that person doesn't have to be the the lean leader in the organization. They just gotta, you know, obviously have migrated uh, maybe beyond the specialist and are in an operations role or a, you know another functional role. But you know mm-hmm. they're just looking looking for both costs and, and revenue opportunity combined. So yeah, you know I, I think that's distinctive.
0: Thanks for listening.